Welcome, Fee and Chrysanne, to the podcast. Hey, guys. You guys are here for the second time, and I'm so, so excited. Sadly, we're not together like the last one, but thanks to technology, we're together, and I am so excited to dive right in and to talk about all the things. I gave the introduction earlier, so y'all know what we're going to be talking about, so we're not going to waste time. We're just going to dive right in, but first, we got our some type of way, so I'm going to let y'all go first. What is something that had y'all feeling some type of way? Okay, well, I can begin. Um, I some type of way was um, this week, I had all of my students working on a writing project and we're writing a book for my, um, for our class as a class project. And I felt some type of way that um, I took on more than I could chew. Um, So I was a little overwhelmed and I definitely felt some type of way. Girl, I feel you. Maybe that's going to oh. be my, my some type of way too. Go ahead. Sorry. I just want to add that I have 33 first and second graders that Oof. have to work on writing process. And so, okay. Y'all already know that was my some type of way. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just, let's just say like bow down to the, our teachers because you guys are the realest of the real. Okay. Y'all do the hardest work. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'll just jump right in. My some type of way is work too. Um, it's been stressful y'all. I think COVID has been the hardest thing because we've had to just make so many adjustments with COVID. It's been rough. So, uh, but It's over. Hopefully, at at least at work, we were under lockdown and things. So hopefully now this week will be a better week. But we're putting that behind us because it was rough. It was rough. (laughs) Annie, what about you? Yeah, so um, so my some type of way is, uh, you know, so I recently had a surgery and the recovery period is about six to eight weeks. And so I'm kind of, I'm at my six week stretch and, um, you know, I have not been watching what I've been eating at all. Neither have I been moving at all. And, um, my mom seems to notice. And so one morning while I was getting ready for the day, my mom popped into my room with a surprise, which was a scale for me to step on. And so I stepped on the scale and I noticed that I actually gained about 10 pounds. Uh, so it, you know, it, I felt some type of way cause I, I'm, I still struggle with body acceptance. So, um, it's definitely, you know, it's, I'm trying to give myself grace with, with the weight gain, but it definitely, it kind of hit me out of nowhere. Yeah. So yeah. Girl, I'm just going to reiterate to you that you had a surgery and you needed time to recover. And it is okay if you took a break and didn't exercise and ate whatever to get through this hard time. Like this has been a really hard time. So I just want to add on the grace for you and the compassion for you to have for yourself because hello, it's been hard. Also gifting people scales. Let's not do that. Okay. That's 
but yeah. we're going to just move past that. Okay. Because yep. <laughs> <laughs> that is a whole other podcast episode. Anyway, y'all, thank you so much. We're going to dive right in. So this episode, I was thinking about like Black History Month and things that I could do to really honor this month. And last year I talked about just my own personal journey as a Black woman. And I figured the best thing I could do is invite some of my favorite Black women to talk about hair because I feel like hair is something that is so precious to women in general, but I think there's even greater meaning when it comes to Black women. So I really just wanted to spend some time diving into that and talking about it with some of my favorite people. So let's dive right in. So a few years ago, actually, I was remi- I was talking to you guys about this. I was reminding them, y'all, that when I was actually in doing my master's, I did a project on Black women and their hair. And I found, you guys, I found the project. I found it. I was, nice. I was looking at it. And I did it with y'all, actually. I don't know if y'all remember, but both of you were part of it. I interviewed oh, no. both of you. Yeah. But it was so good, though, because I was looking at like the research, the information. I was like, wow. I'm so intrigued to know what has changed. Because it's been... Yeah, it's been like since what 2016? That's that's a long time. Um, how long is that? Like five, six years? I don't even know. Yeah. It's been a minute. So in the project, I was really just asking people prep questions about, you know, their views on their natural hair and like their hair journey. So I'm gonna throw that out to y'all. Let's just talk a little bit about like our hair journeys. Like maybe the like the relationship that you've had with your hair from young to now, what that's been like. We've been together friends for like, what, 12 years now. And we've seen a lot of hairstyles, and a lot of phases and things with each other. So why don't y'all go ahead and talk about your journey with your hair? Yeah. So, um, oh, are you going to go ahead, Anne? Oh, you can go. Okay, cool. Um, I was just going to say that my journey with my hair has been a love-hate relationship since I was a child. Um, My hair, right now, it's in a permed state, relaxed state. Um, But growing up, my hair was very natural. It was very thick. It was very big. And my mom, bless her heart, would take a nice comb and break my hair to the point where I hated getting my hair done because it hurt. Same. I guess I was, I don't know if I was like tender headed back then or am I still, but she was just always so very rough. Yeah. Um, Where I would hide the combs. I would hide underneath the dining room table. Like I would do anything I could to avoid getting my hair combed, hot combed was the worst. Um, blow dried, braided, anything I would try to avoid. I remember when I was four, um, I cut my hair and threw my hair into the fireplace. Just hoping (laughs) that, (laughs) yeah, just hoping that, you know, like maybe I'll get some relief from getting my hair done. Um, So it's, my hair has always been thick and big, uh, not as beautiful as Chrisanne's, beautiful that's a lie that is not true your hair is that's a lie it was big it was a lot it was 
it was just a lot. So from a child, like I, I guess I don't want to say I hated my hair, but I hated the process of getting my hair done. One, I think growing up in the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, a lot of number one, a lot of black hair products were not available. So it was a lot of that. I don't know if you guys remember black, uh, no, blue magic grease. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> that was the staple jam and, um, you know, that brush and the comb and, oh, and then Sabbath mornings, I would get my hair hot combed, which I hated because my mom was like, hold your ear down. Um, so I don't burn you, but she always ended up what? Burning me. <laughs> My dad had to sit on my had to sit on me so that I could stay still to oh. get my hair hot combed for Sabbath morning. But what I can say is that um, my mom did everything in her powers um, and what she knew about black hair, you know, in the late '90s, early 2000s, to make sure that my hair was healthy. Um, I did not get a perm or relax um, relax my hair until about the ninth grade. So. I'm still in like middle school with beads. And I know like that's something that's coming back now. But then it was like, oh, girl, you were 13 with beads, high school with beads. Like that wasn't something that was popular. So I really wanted to get my hair relaxed just so I can go like, you know, <laughs> be like, <laughs> like how these white girls, and I hate to say it, how they would be, you know, portrayed on television. Oh my God, Emma. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Sorry, I should not have said that, but no, no, no. But that that that's so true. I saw that on television. And even like the black women growing up, their hair was always straight. It was never big and out or, you know, just beautiful with the twist. Like there was none of that growing up. So I wanted to be like what I saw on television. I wanted my hair to be straight. I wanted it to be like this. And yeah, so I've had a love-hate relationship with it. Um, do you want me to talk about college? Yeah, let's talk about college. So college, <laughs> I had a roller coaster event yeah. of hair changes, and you guys know. Um, so ninth grade, I got my hair permed, relaxed. Um, and I thought that I was all that in a bag of chips, honey. You couldn't tell me nothing. I had my swoop. <laughs> I had my, it was just so cute. Um, but then when I got to college, I went to an HBCU and it was almost like celebrated to wear your natural hair. And this was maybe the first time, even though I went to a predominantly African-American high school, it was more of the permed hair. Um, but once I got to college, it was, I'm black and I'm proud, like love your hair in all the different shapes, all the different sizes, you know, however your hair was, it was beautiful. And so then I was like, oh, well, I'm going to go back natural. So I went back natural, but then honey, I had to give me a little sew in for pictures. It was always like, oh, my hair is beautiful mm -hmm. until it's some type of event that's coming up or it was some type of occasion that was coming up that I was like, uh-uh, I got to have, you no, know, let me get some weave. Let me get me a Your wigs. My wigs. I, and you know what? At the time, I was a little, like, ashamed of, like, oh, well, it's not my real hair, whatever. But I think over time, now that I'm an adult, and I'm an adult in, high, in college, but now that I'm an adult, 
I feel like as though like anytime I wear my hair, whether it's in the natural state, whether it's relaxed, whether I have a sew-in, whether I have a wig, whatever the case may be, I feel like I'm beautiful regardless. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I feel like my mindset has shifted from, oh, I'm ashamed, got to put my wig back up in the box, can't let nobody see it, can't let nobody see me taking it off and nothing like that. Now, (laughs) I mean, yes, you still want to be mindful of that, but now it's like whether I wear a wig today or get the faux locks tomorrow, it's cute no matter what. And I think that's one thing that I love about black hair is that we're so, our hair is so versatile that, you know, we can do whatever to our hair and it's absolutely gorgeous. So that's kind of my roller coaster love hate relationship with my hair. And yeah, I'll pass the mic to Chrisanne. <laughs> Thank you. So um, that was really good, Felicia. I mean, my story is really similar to yours. Um, Well, except for me, I grew up predominantly around white people. And so, well, actually, I can even take it back to even before we moved to America. So, I mean, I was born in Jamaica and Um, We moved to Trinidad when I was three, and then we moved back to Jamaica when I was six while transitioning to actually make the move to America, to Massachusetts, for us to stay permanently. And during, I remember during each phase, um, even being surrounded by like other Caribbean people, there was, there was, I could see like, even as like a five-year-old or a six-year-old, like there was a reward socially that you got from getting your hair straightened. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember I was in like primary school or elementary school. And um, I mean, this is like first, second grade, or, you know, like between kindergarten and second grade, I don't quite remember. But I remember I saw I mean, the majority of the girls in my class already had their hair permanently straightened, had their hair relaxed. And um, I wanted to have my hair relaxed because I felt like I wanted to fit in with my peers. And I remember my mom said, you're too young to get your hair relaxed. Uh, We're not going to do that until you're at least 13. And I was so, like, my spirit just died inside. I was so sad because I felt like my, you know, I from a very young age, like, as a Black girl, especially in our generation, I can't speak for Generation Z. I think it's gotten a lot better, better with them. But I would say from, like, our generation and older, we were conditioned from a very young age to view our natural hair as bad, like, unless you had like a certain hair texture that was like looser curls, you understood that your hair was not sufficient. And in order to gain social, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Acceptance. Acceptance, but also like low key status and, and, you know, like just social points in order to gain that you had to straighten your hair. And so that was definitely the message that I was, that I internalized. And then, you know, by the time we moved from Jamaica to Massachusetts, it was a completely different beast, right? Because I was the only Black kid in my class. And so I 
definitely did not like my hair because not only was I a different skin color, but my hair was different and kids would, you know, ask me just weird questions um, that, you know, were kind of made me feel like a freak. And, um, you know, and then I remember one day, one year later, like in the third grade, there was this other black girl that that uh, joined our class, but she was light skin and her hair was straightened. So then I like even in even before moving to America, I like I learned like the differences between how you were treated being dark skinned or light skin. And I didn't learn those lessons from my parents, thank God, but I learned those lessons through everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and um, like my parents told me that I had a beautiful skin complexion and that my hair was beautiful, but I just didn't believe them because, well, you guys are telling me this, but everybody else is 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 pretty much indicating another thing. So who am I gonna believe as a kid, you know, um, and even when you think about it, like when you're, yeah, like it just felt like the two people at home who it's like, okay, well, you're supposed to love me. You're supposed to tell me that. Like, I don't really believe you because it's coming <laughs> from you. Yeah. And, and that's pretty much how, you know, how I saw things. And um, so I remember when I, you know, I remember I turned 13 because I did not forget that promise. You got to be careful when you make promises to kids. Oh, they, they will never forget. They all they'll never forget. And they'll come to you and be like, you said on this oh, date like, at this time, where is it? <laughs> exactly. Like she, listen, she told me when I was six years old that when I was 13, <laughs> I would get a perm. So I turned 13 and I'm like, what's good (laughs) (laughs) and she was like and she was like she was just like no (laughs) oh no my mom yeah my mom was just like yeah no like I don't even care that I said this to you like you're just not getting your hair permed and um and I was devastated because I mean I had really and I, I never told her this, but like, I had really waited all this time to like, you know, finally have the straight hair and be able to like flip my hair back and, you know, and then, um, and then to make matters worse, like I was surrounded by white kids and like, there were a couple of black, there were a couple of like Afro Latinas in my class, but their ha- their hair texture was different. It was like more like curlier. And um, there was this one girl who, even though her hair was more of like loose curls, she got her hair permanently straightened and everybody was paying her compliments. And and then all of a sudden she was the class baddie. And then there, and then the other girl who was Afro-Latina, she had more like, like um, type four hair, but it was like more on the 4A spectrum. And um, my hair type is more of like 4C, but she and her hair was like long down to like her butt so I mean everyone in class had this even even the white kids like people pretty much talked about how she had like the best hair like um so it's like 
to me, I learned like, okay, even the white kids think that you have the best hair and the black kids think you have the best hair. So um, I didn't necessarily think, yeah, I, I guess I didn't necessarily think that, okay, I, I felt that like it was okay to have type four hair as long as your hair was like Rapunzel. Mm. But that was the only, but that was the only way it was like acceptable or, you know, like how Mm. I saw it as like having type four hair. So, um, so I just, I, yeah, I just, honestly, I didn't see myself as beautiful. And um, I waited a couple more years and then the week before my 15th birthday. So I was in the 10th grade. My mom caved. No. I think, was it before? It was like, either either I was about to turn 14 or 15. I think I was about to turn 15. And my mom was like, okay, well, she reluctantly agreed. And she took me to this lady. And you could not tell me nothing. Like, I felt like I was that girl. Like... (laughs) when my listen I was doing this all day like you know and because like I too wanted to flip my hair you know whip my hair back and forth before the song came out but I wanted to whip my hair back and forth like like the white girls and um and I finally got my chance to do so then there was this other you know I remember in the back of my mind I was like man but it's only like shoulder length it's not like Mm. as long as like the white girls in my class but then I was like you know what I'll take it and there was this tinge of there was kind of like this little voice I remember in my head that was like that recognized you don't actually like yourself the way you are you only like yourself now that you have this alteration and So I never, I would say like 97% of me felt like I was that girl, but then there's the other 3% that like consciously recognized that I only felt that way because of what I did. And I remember, you know, when I got home from school that day, um, my dad was not happy at all because he wanted me to my natural hair and my yeah my parents were just not happy that I made that decision but um and I didn't understand why um but I I do understand now um but I you know even that was a struggle right because there weren't a lot of people available to take care of my hair so it's like I would have this I would feel amazing in like the first week or two when I had my, you know, like how you have your hair treated every few weeks because you want to make sure you're taking care of the roots from growing out or like every time the roots grow out, you get your relaxer. But like, um, you know, only the first two weeks I felt like I was beautiful and amazing looking. But then there were like the following weeks where it just looked weird to me, like, the roots would start growing in and I didn't have like, I didn't understand the concept of wrapping my hair. And um, so all I had were like these giant, like 1985 type rollers. <laughs> and 
I didn't want to sleep with my hair in those rollers all the time. So honestly, it just looked a hot mess. Like oh I would say, I would say 60% of the time it looked a hot mess. So I just didn't know how to take care of it and how to maintain it. And it was really evident when I went to college because people would look at me sideways. <laughs> yeah, I remember in the dorm, Fee would come over and be like, okay, girl, we need to fix this. We need to fix them roots. They do something, honey. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but yeah, um, so I really didn't know how to do that stuff until I went to college and you guys taught me and, you know, um, so, but then I was, but then I noticed that like a lot of people had their hair natural and it was cool to have your natural hair. And, and so that kind of, it definitely awakens that part of me that was like, Hey, I don't want to go on this journey too. And I didn't go on my natural hair journey until, until junior year. Cause before I was just really nervous about it. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to chop it all off and start all over and how long is that gonna you know I would ask casually so how long does it take your hair to go back and they're like years it's just like (laughs) so that definitely prevented me from going on the journey sooner but when I did it was really exciting like I remember when I chopped my hair off it I hadn't even been planning on doing it it was letting my hair roots grow out for way too long and then like I hadn't had a perm in like maybe three months and then I was like you know what (laughs) <laughs> and um one Saturday morning my mom and I decided not to go to church and I just chopped it off and it was really exciting since and I've really enjoyed it every step of the way so I love that yeah so for me my hair journey has definitely been different from y'all's and that's one of the reasons why I really wanted you guys to come on because I feel like we we all have very different perspectives I grew up in Jamaica too and so I also you know I would be considered someone with a good hair my hair is curly it's loose loose curls you know and so like when I grew up in Jamaica people were always complimenting me on my hair and like I love my hair it was everything was good we were cool I loved it great and then I remember when I moved to Canada first um I feel like my hair was, I was just like going along with the journey, whatever. It was fine. But then it wasn't until like high school when I remember I had, it was crazy. In high school, I had a bunch of mixed friends and they were like mixed with white, right? And their curls were way looser than mine. And I remember my, okay, I don't know if this was for y'all, but like my mixed friends, they would be having a little bang, straight bang, and then the curly hair. Did y'all do that back in the day? It was just- Well, I couldn't do it with my oh, hair though, okay, but well, I, saw, I saw people do it. It was yes. like the style. So I would be doing the same. I'd be straightening the front part of my hair, just a little piece. I didn't even have bangs, y'all. I just had a long, long piece straight. And then everything, girl, it looks so stupid. But like, I think it was more of the trend that was going on Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing where you're around people and you're seeing what everyone else is doing. You want to do the same thing. But for me, my hair wasn't doing it. Like I was like, okay, I remember I had this one friend. Oh my gosh, her hair was so long and it was like very loose curls. And I was like, oh, I want that so bad. And I remember I did my hair where I put a 
bunch of mousse in it and I was trying to achieve it y'all and let me tell you when that thing dried it was just like it was not it didn't look like that and I was so disappointed and I was like but why why my hair doesn't look like that anyway I think I still overall had a good like okay relationship with my hair I just wanted it to look like my friends because most of my friends at the time were all mixed basically anyways um but I think I I kind of like realized okay my hair cannot do that but it can do this so I I did the slick back pony with the puff that was like my go-to style okay because I could do that and it looked it looked good so anyways so that was how it was in Canada and then when I came to America I remember like I was in high school and I was like the only person wearing my hair in twists. Like I had my, I used to have my mom wear my hair, um, twist my hair all the time. And all the black girls had the weaves in, the hair straight, the perm. And I was just here with my twists like you feed, the twists and the and the beads looking like no, I, I have the twist, I had the twist too. I hated it so much. Like I was always in. Uh... I, no, I didn't have the twist. I had the braids. Yeah, but I liked the twist until I realized, oh, like other people <laughs> don't have that. Anyways, yeah. then I remember, so my dad worked at RHBCU. And so I was already in that environment before we started going to college. And I remember I went to church one day and I saw this woman with a big Afro and I was like, ah. Oh, Yes, like I, she looked so good and she was so confident. I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's so pretty. And so I was like, I should wear my hair out because at this point too, wearing your hair out was just like not a thing. Like I never wore my hair, just like washed it and just wore it. It was always had to be braided up in a style or something because like that just was not a thing that was heard of. So anyways, so after that, I after I saw that lady, the next Sabbath, I went and I washed my hair. I did a wash and go for the first time ever. And I didn't like kill it with the mousse. I just did whatever. And I got so many compliments on it. And I was like, I, like y'all, no one could tell me nothing with my hair. I was like, okay. And so I remember I went to school with it like that and I got more compliments. And I was, that's when I really started like embracing my hair fully, I feel like. Because like you too, Chrisanne and Fee, I remember when I was a kid, the first time I got my hair straight, Oh my gosh. I, that's the first time I even realized how long my hair actually was. Cause you know, when it's curly, you just can't see it. And I got my hair straight when I was in Uganda and I was like, Oh, who is this? I couldn't stop touching it. I was just like all the time. <laughs> and I remember when I went to school after I straightened my hair, I got so much attention and it was weird. Like so everyone was like, boys were looking at me, commenting on how I look, the girls, like everybody was com complimenting me. And so I think like that always too, for me was at the back of my head, like I can't fully embrace my hair because having it straight is like, I can't maintain that. That's just not something I do all the time. And, and so then 
I feel like I always like never fully embrace it. So after I'm back here now in America and I'm see I'm wearing my hair out, I'm like really starting to appreciate the bigness and the puff and the poofiness. And I'm not trying to like tame it and make it into something that it's not. And so for me, I feel like going to our HBCU again, like that is the time when I fully embrace my hair. And I just, I loved it so much. And I never tried to make it look like something that it wasn't. I just like fully embrace it. But then Fee, like after I heard you talking about events and things, like that really hit because that was the same thing for me. I remember like graduation or the banquet or photo shoot. I straightened my hair too. Like, so it's like, I still had this love for my hair, but like when it came to fancy occasions or something, it's like, I felt like I have to have my hair straight because that is more fancy or it's cuter or it's more like I don't even know and um yeah yeah there's something Would you say, about Faith? it it was more acceptable to have your hair yes at those type of events yeah and it's the like, same thing yeah go ahead. sorry I, I was gonna say the same a similar thing happened to me I remember um I was preparing to get ready for a, a banquet event and this was sophomore year and um, my sweet mate was helping me get ready with the makeup and hair. And she was like, she looked at me and she was like, so what are you going to do with your hair? And I was like, oh, I'm just going to wear my, um, you know, just going to like straight, straighten it out the roots or whatever and maybe throw it in a, a bun or something. And she was like, and she, the next thing I know, she got, she ordered me to go get some extension clip-ons for the banquet and I ended up going to the banquet um low-key with weave mm -hmm. I think I remember that actually <laughs> yeah I remember that but that's it like and so it's just crazy too because thinking about it now I'm like why is it that I felt more accepted more I felt more confident when my hair was straight. What is that? And the, the answer is like you both said, in our society, even if like we weren't raised in a predominantly white place, because that wasn't my experience, it's like society still tells us when your hair's straight, that is more acceptable because it's most like white people and like the white people. White is right. Yeah, white is the standard and you want to look yeah. like the standard. And it's just, it's so terrible that when your hair is straight, you do get more attention. Like that literally happened to me all the time. Yeah. And you know what I remember too? I remember like taking pictures of my hair straight. And so even on social media, my, my profile picture was always with me and my straight hair. Like this is not only is this the, the time and I feel the most confident, but this is what I want people to see when they look at me like if someone is finding me for the first time i want them to see me with my long hair and like you know because innately i just felt like more attractive i guess with straight hair but and it's just so sad that that was the case anyway so i I went through college and I was, I was loving my hair and then I started experimenting and I started putting the color in it and it started falling out. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, 
we can't keep doing this anymore. And so I did the big chop for the first time back in like 2016. Mm-hmm. And I was like growing my hair out, you know, trying to get it back. And I feel like ever since then, it's just been more of a journey of like loving my hair, learning about it. And I'm just not caring that much. And so I remember like I, when I did the first big chop, it was, um, it was so that I could get my hair longer again, but I, I really had a love-hate relationship at that point. Cause you know, when you're growing it out, it's awkward. You can't style it in certain, <laughs> yeah, you can't style it. And it's just so annoying. But I think doing that journey really helped me just overall love myself more. And then as y'all know, uh, my hair went back to normal, back to its long state. And then I got divorced and I was like, you know, the classic, like you cut your hair because you're going through a life crisis. <laughs> I yeah. cut my hair for that reason. And honestly, I feel like since that cut, I feel the most like myself. And I can't even, I don't even know fully how to describe it, but I feel like overall, I've just been in a journey of self-discovery, you know, and that includes my hair where I've just been doing all kinds of things to it, loving it at every stage, experimenting, doing all kinds of things. And I feel like I'm at a place now where, first of all, oh, I love my hair short. I'm like, this is me. This is who I am. And I I feel like I'm at a place now where I feel like I can fully say that I love my hair where it's at. And, and like you feel, it's like, I can have it straight. I can have it curly. I can do whatever I want. And I love it equally the same. And I don't feel like, oh, it's cuter when it's straight or it's cuter when it's curly. Like I literally love it in all, um, all versions of it. And I feel like I'm, I feel like it's, I'm in a good place where I'm at with my hair. And it kind of sounds like that's a, a theme for all of us where we kind of went through a journey of like, not liking it, wanting to fit in. Go ahead. Sorry. I just wanted to add when you said you're a big cut. So I've had several. Yeah. Yeah. You both have. I've had several, um, where I have from well, from high school to college, I just grew it out and like just wearing braids. But I think my first big chop was 2017, um, where I was just like, I'm sick of it. I cut my hair off and I was just, I felt like liberated. I felt great that I was like going back to like my natural um, hair and just, you know, loving that. And then let me tell you about this little thing here. This magazine came up with this cute girl with her like bob. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's something that I've always wanted to do is to have like this cute, what I have right now is what I wanted. And I realized, honey, I don't know how to manage perm hair. And so, um, what was that? That was 2017, 2020, uh, during the pandemic, which was like the perfect opportunity. I cut my hair again and loved it loved it loved it and but I never got to like the look that I've always wanted which was like this short look here and like the long piece here which I most definitely could have done with my hair natural um Mm -hmm. but I just you know I wanted that look but now I'm like I'm always kind of debating do I want to just cut my hair off again or whatnot 
So I'm always in a battle of like cutting my hair off or, you know, just going back natural. But Dania, I also wanted to mention something when you said um, about your mixed friends in school. Mm -hmm. Like I remember in high school and even maybe before high school, I was so not happy with my hair that, and I noticed that like my hair was like, it was so much to do that I wanted to marry someone who was not black Mm. to ensure that my child would have quote unquote good hair. Like that was my goal. And my entire family knew that I was going to marry someone who was not black. And that main purpose, well, it was two purposes. One was my skin tone. I didn't like it. Um, I know that's a whole different podcast, honey. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) but, But also like my hair, I did not like it. And I did not want my child, my daughter, son, whoever, to go through that experience that I had of not liking my hair. Um, and I thank God that I have been redeemed, Amen. delivered from that because my husband is blackity black, 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 black. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I feel like now I have, I think that whole experience at our HBCU mm-hmm. has really like empowered that love for our hair, regardless of where it is. Yeah. And, just, and I think, and just like accepting it as it is. Because mm-hmm. I think like, sorry, I don't want to take up too much time, but just thinking of like trying to do my natural hair, I was always looking at YouTube videos and yeah. honey, I'm like, oh, she's natural. I did not realize that there are levels to this thing. Levels. <laughs> like, right? She is natural. Her hair is not like my hair. And just kind of like just accepting, like, like you mentioned, like what my hair can do mm-hmm. and accepting what it can't do. Yes. I think. I, oh, sorry. I just want to, I just wanna add to that if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I feel like Felicia and I are like this when it comes to the hair journey, because I literally, the things that you're saying right now, like on, I experienced that too. Like it wasn't, you know, like for me growing up, I guess for me, like, because I grew up as an, as like the minority, I kind of just concluded that I would end up marrying a white guy anyway. But, um, but I did have that complex of like, not liking my hair and, and, and low-key wanting to produce, you know, progeny that didn't have my hair type. Mm. you know and and like what kind of that's that kind of state of mind like when you really think about it it's like it's not healthy because it's like so then so what's gonna happen if you like if you marry someone outside of your race fine that's great you know like love is love all of that but like if you're doing it because you don't like yourself like what's Mm -hmm. gonna happen when like are you gonna low-key be jealous of your kids for having those features like I don't know I just I ask those kind of questions, sure. but like also too, like even like projecting your feelings, but also teaching your child about self-hate. Like exactly. that's a sick cycle that I think unfortunately, like not to say that our parents intentionally passed it down, but there are some things that within our black community that have been passed down mm-hmm. unintentionally yeah. because of society saying this is the standard of what yeah like you think like just look back in history how you had women that would straighten their hair and you know look even the men in the 60s would perm their hair 
to have this, yeah. like Elvis looking hair to make, you know what I mean? The, the waves. The waves, exactly. I feel like society and the society is not us. It's, you know, other people saying how we as black people should look and mm-hmm. who, who are they yeah. to say how we yeah. should look and how we should, you know, our expression of our hair. That's something that's like, I guess like now I think, Daniel, this is a wonderful podcast and a wonderful platform where you are like sharing that like our black is beautiful in every yeah. form and every version of it. Yes, yeah. every shade, I, I want to say one more thing. Um, I remember, you know, when I was going through, there was still some part of my journey that like was unsettling with the hair because I remember when I was, you know, in the process of like growing my natural hair, like, after, you know, after junior year of college, I would go on YouTube to find natural hair and I would find myself looking at a lot of like curly, like more like looser curl mm. types, like with their tutorials. And I don't know if this is still happening on YouTube. I can imagine that it's because I think it because it has been addressed and I, I can imagine and hope that it's it's better now. But like there was a time where like the girls on YouTube who were giving tutorials had like three type three hair and um and a lot of us within the type four community, especially four C, it's like we would it's like we would watch these girls and then we would try to do what they were doing. Look what our hair couldn't do. <laughs> and it was and it <laughs> hot mess express, honey. Oh my gosh, that's and true. And it was just not it was not giving. It was yeah. just terrible. <laughs> no, but and, even for me, that happened to me too. Like I would be watching, like even my hair is in the three category, but I'd be watching like three A, three B, and I'm like, okay, but why is this not doing that? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. So I mean, I I really hope it's gotten better. I think it has. I think it has. Yeah. But I think too, like something that's important to bring up is that natural hair, the natural hair movement became a real thing. Like when we were in college, it became real at that point. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was like, okay, we are, um, that's when YouTube became a big thing. And that's when the YouTubers and the hair community and like natural hair products and all the things started. There were products that were available that catered to our natural hair mm-hmm. that before we just had I don't know if you guys used it but I know I had pink hair lotion <laughs> <laughs> I didn't use it but I know what it is oh gosh yeah but I've never used it are catering to like our hair yeah. and to help it be moisturized to help it be you know healthy yeah I I thought about something because you said like when you straightened your hair when you got it permed there was still something that you were not satisfied with you know and I feel like we all yeah the length it's like no matter it's like you it's it kind of reminds me a little bit of body like body dysmorphia in the sense of like okay this is what people are telling you is acceptable and when you have this view of what you need to do even when you get it like it's never enough and if you said something about like it wasn't enough because it wasn't really who you were and I think about us as um black women in particular really like placing our worth in something that is not fully who we are 
You know what I mean? And, I, and for me personally, I, as I said, like, especially when I straightened my hair, since I never permed it or anything like that, but when I straightened it, it always never felt like me, even though it's my hair and I did it, it always felt like I can't be myself. You can't let the water get wet. You can't do certain, act. you can't work out. You can't do activities because the hair is straight and you have to maintain it. And I don't know. There's something about manipulating your hair. And I think it's the intention behind it. Because like, as I said, right now, I straighten my hair all the time. It's not a big deal. But I think at the time, it's like, you're manipulating your hair because you want to look like someone else. Mm -hmm. and, you, and that's because you don't have fully, like, you don't have love for yourself, you know? Um, which kind of brings me to the next question I wanted to ask you guys. What do you guys feel is the role that hair has on our self-esteem, especially as black women. I think that it's right up there. Like it plays a major part in our self-esteem. I think, cause we all kind of just touched on it, how we wanted to feel accepted. We wanted to fit in. Yeah. Uh, like our view of ourselves when our hair, you know, in that, in that stage of our lives where we were like, oh, trying to match, not match, but to um, fit in. Uh, I know for me, my hair is a big thing. Even now, like, even though like I love my hair, there are parts of me, like when my hair is not done, oh, I don't feel great. Mm -hmm. um, I like my hair being done and done meaning, I don't want to look like a hot mess express. Hot mess <laughs> express can mean like, you know, I did not wrap my hair properly. So now it's going to be more work to try mm -hmm. to put together. And even like just more work in the morning, I think it takes some time to just kind of make sure, okay, is my hair, you know, put together? Do I like it? And I think it's, it goes to um, how we view ourselves and having a self-awareness of we are enough. Like I think about um, the book by Grace Breyers. Oh, and I read this to my students a lot um, just to affirm that you are everything that you're supposed to be. And I think it's a wonderful reminder also for me that I am everything that I'm supposed to be. And if there's anything else that God will want me to be, he's going to make it happen. So just like just being aware and um, how we feel. I'm sorry. I don't know what I was saying. <laughs> so. So I just think that like hair does play a, a role in our self-esteem in our society. Um, but I think it just boils down to us being comfortable and loving ourselves. I think it just, you know, it's like that self-love. Mm -hmm. Like if I love it, who cares what anybody else thinks? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And if what? you like it, I love it. Exactly. <laughs> Although sometimes that has a, a shade to it, but yes. <laughs> but oh, no. uh, <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. No, I know. I know. What about but, you, Chrisanne? What do you think? I think like, you know, there's a huge connection with, especially with like the black community with hair and beauty. You know, it's like, once you feel like your once your hair is bomb, it's like, you feel beautiful. Mm -hmm. And um, and when you feel beautiful, you feel you're con you're more confident. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think that there's been a lot of work in over, you know, this 400 years of, um, 
of really stripping that self-confidence away from Black women. And it's really done a lot of damage over generations. And I think we're in a place now where we're healing. And, um, but I, but yeah, it's like, I think, I think for, you know, majority of societies that your hair is like, you know, they're saying your hair is your beauty. Like, pe- you know, people see like well-kept hair or a beautiful hairstyle is like a part of what makes that woman beautiful. And I think we're kind of, a, we're, so we're kind of like, programmed to feel more confident when we look in the mirror and we we like what we see mm-hmm. you know it's kind of like it's an it's like almost to a lot of people it's like it's an extension of ourselves and um and you know there's yeah and some people i mean i guess some people would argue that you know maybe we need to practice like detachment from our hair, you know, the whole, I am not my hair. Um, But I think like for a lot of women, it's a part of self-expression. And um, yeah, and when you're, you know, like when you are able to shed this like societal concept of like what is beautiful and you can find that inner acceptance, then you can like, you can be as creative as you wanna be and it's beautiful like you can you know like I can wear my hair um just out and it's beautiful and you know you can wear a wig or a weave or you know and it's beautiful or you can wear like a shortcut you know or dye it whatever color you want and it's beautiful and I think that's the place that you know that's pretty much the goal is to just allow women to love themselves and to express themselves in that from that place of self-love yeah I agree with y'all I think that women in general for so many years have been told you need to do xyz to be attractive and I think attractiveness and also self-esteem just go hand in hand because we do feel when we feel attractive we feel better about ourselves and I think just separating ourselves from or separating our worth from our appearance is really important. I think that like, like you said, Chrisanne, I do believe that there is a level of expression and, you know, um, exploration that we have with our hair. That's great. And we love it and we should definitely do that. But I also think that we need to, love ourselves outside of our appearance and not hold like so much value in what we look like because I mean we've talked about it in this whole episode of just the different styles that we went through and the different things that were acceptable at one time and like if we were to do that style sorry that style today it would be like mm, no you know like the beads and the the all whatever the styles are so like the the standard of beauty in society is always changing and if we attach um something that is constantly changing if we attach our value to something that's constantly changing then what who uh, who are we and like what do we actually love you know i think and I think we've all come to that place of inner love and acceptance where now it's like we are expressing ourselves with our hair and it's not something that we 
like think, oh, I'm a terrible person because I look like this, or no one's gonna like me, like me because my hair looks like this, or I'm not gonna get a man because my hair looks like this. Now it's more like, hey, I love myself and if y'all don't like it, whatever. But like, I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this because I like this. And I think that's just kind of the beauty of, of growing in love with yourself. Um, but yeah, I think that hair and hair, skin color like and physical appearance definitely has something to do with it but I think a lot of it comes from social conditioning and I think it get it's something that can change when you have inner love for yourself which kind of brings me to the next question um what do you guys feel we talked a little bit about just like black women in society in media what do y'all think is the um the importance of hair and black women and just like how that's related to us as black women throughout the years. What do you guys think about that? I think the importance of, you know, hair in connection with the black woman is just making sure that you're operating from a space of self-love and acceptance. Cause if you can, if you can really establish those two things, self-love and acceptance, you'll be able to really do whatever it is that you want to do and create whatever style it is that you want to create. And you'll love the journey and you'll love the, well, you may or may not, not like the outcome. <laughs> it depends on, cause you know, sometimes with hair, like things can just turn out how they turn out. It's like, uh, it's kind of like hair has a mind of its own, but at least you'll, you know, you'll enjoy the journey. And for the most part, like, when you look in the mirror, you'll like what you see. And that includes, you know, whether it's styling um, the hair that grows out of your scalp or the hair that you've purchased and is now your own to do with it as you please. Um, I think it's it's just really about that and like not trying to, not trying to achieve like this standard that other people have created, but like really establishing like what's my standard and going from there. I love that, Chrisanne. Yeah, I think something very similar with what you said. I think especially in society and media, Black women in particular, we never have the freedom to just be. We're always told we need to be like that. We need to look a certain way. We need to have a certain body type. We need to be a certain way in the bedroom. We need to look physically a certain way. I feel like there's just so many expectations of Black women. You can't be mad. Even if you're frustrated, you have to act a certain way. And I think when it comes to hair, it, it has, I think it has um, had the, the, again, the connotation of like value, you know, because it, it, we have just tried to follow whatever the standard has been over the years, and even in Hollywood. I mean, I remember listening to certain black actresses talk about, you know, being on set and not having anyone who know how to do black hair or have not having anyone know how to do black makeup and having to adjust all the time and having to fit into the mold. And I think it, that's what it's always been. It's always been about fitting into the mold. And I think the goal is recognizing that the mold is whatever mold you 
create for yourself. There is no box that you have to be in. If you, as a Black woman, you love your hair as it is, the goal is to just be and enjoy it as it is. And it always not fit into stereotypical roles just to um, be accepted in society. I think like it's always been, the attachment has always been to acceptance, you know? And I just hope that now it's, it is more of an expression thing and it's more of something that is just another part of us. Because Chris, and you mentioned earlier too, like the I am not my hair thing, you know? And I was thinking of maybe this episode, I'm not my hair. I don't know if I was gonna do it, but we'll see. But like, I even remember when India Ari came out with that song, that was like my favorite song of all time because I felt like it really encompassed how I was feeling at the time of like, people are looking at us as black women, judging us for everything about us, right? And her coming out with a song saying that I am not this and I'm not the expectations that you have of me. I am myself. And it's just like, you just, you can take it or leave it, but this is who I am. I really love the concept of just being you and your hair, your clothing, your makeup, all of those are in addition of you. They're the way that you express you, the ways you express yourself. Um, but it's not something that has to define who you are. And I want, I feel like I want, I want to say that without minimizing the, um, the value of be, your hair being different and your hair being versatile. Cause that's not what I'm saying. You know, I think in the same way that like when we have black people talking about our skin color, like, yes, that is something to celebrate the difference that you have. It's something to celebrate. And it's also not, the only thing that makes you for who you are you know what i mean so yeah that's what i think yeah can i can i just add on to that um i was thinking of the first actress that i saw and this was pretty recent um that wore her natural hair like she had a wig on for most of the show most of the season and then it was one episode she took her wig off and she wiped her face completely i'm talking about the greatest Viola Davis, okay? Yes. Um, yes. I remember episode, that scene. Um, Me too. Me too. And she, what, she just takes off her wig? She just takes, she takes off her wig. She combs out her braids. Yes, I remember she, that. Her, she wipes her face. And like, I think from that point, it was like, whoa, she's doing this on live. To, and they aired it? Oh, Yo. goodness. This, I think that was like a wow, like an eye-opening moment. Yeah, where it was like, girl, look at like the people in Hollywood, and I think when she made that, like when she made that stand, because I'm, I'm I'm taking it as like a stand for like black women and um, acceptance of who we are. I feel as though like that was my key to like also to like be empowered. That yeah, you're beautiful without all of this like just how god made us you are beautiful and like the expression of hair i i think that like as black women we are so creative and it just amazes me how other cultures <clears throat> other people um they appreciate our creativity so much 
that they, they also appropriate it. Like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, let me get there, sis. That they, <laughs> that they try to emulate yeah. the black hair experience. Um, like the lady who, um, the white lady, I can't remember what her name was, where she tried to portray herself as a black woman. Uh, oh, um, who's the NAACP lady? Yes. Something with like, sis, like you're like you're not black. Like, was her name like Amanda something or I don't even remember? But we know what you're talking about. Whatever her name is, I think that as black women, we we have to like sit back and be like, God made us so unique, so special that our hair, like even as a black culture, even as black people, our hair is always like not the same. Even like, even like Christian, you mentioned like the 4C, I have 4BC hair and our hair is not the same. And like just that amazement, you Dania, your hair, you're black and you have uh, some variation of C. I got 3C. Three C, my bad. Yeah, and just to just to see like how unique we are as a people, where a lot of other different races, their hair is straight or some type of variation of wavy, curly. Like our hair within itself is so different. And like, hold on, even in our head, I I can I can imagine that like for for me when my hair was natural, um, the front would be like super tight curls. The back would be super loose. Like even in my own head, yeah. I had variations of different curl patterns. I have that still. <laughs> I, I that like, it's time for us just to accept our hair. And I know we've been talking a lot about natural hair and I don't want to dog out those people that have their hair relaxed or permed or where we were extension because Shaquan should be doing it all. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, just loving ourselves. I think it just comes down to loving ourselves. And I think with society, we have been told so many times, and I know we've said it all over this episode of what they say we should look like. The bottom line is just accepting and loving ourselves. I love that so much. Yeah. I think that like, Black women, just be you, girl. And we're we're not. I want to just piggyback off of the the weave the perm thing, because what we're not gonna do is judge black women if they want to have their hair permed or if they want to wear the weave or if they want to wear the braids. We're done with that. Okay, that's that's in the past. We're not gonna do that anymore because. Who cares? If you as a black woman want to have your hair perm because it's just easier to manage, go ahead, go ahead and do it. And if you want to wear a weave because you want to, because you like it, because today that's what you're feeling. If you want to throw a wig on because you're not feeling like doing your hair, go ahead and do that. Like we need to stop this judgment, I think, amongst ourselves too as black women, because who cares? Like, do you and be okay with others doing themselves? Okay, that sounds weird, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I think I I definitely agree with that. And I think it's kind of weird if I remember correctly, like I remember when the whole natural hair movement was going on. And then there was like this offshoot of people who were of the opinion that like the only thing that was acceptable was natural hair. And it's like, yeah. oh, if you do anything else, it means that you don't love yourself or, you, you know, 
which mm-hmm. is a oh, lot. Yeah. Which is exactly. which is just not true. Like, so it's careful not to go from one side of the pendulum all yeah. the way to the other side of the pendulum. Like the whole point is to just be balanced. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think that it definitely was a point where it was like the perm, the creamy crack. It was like the creamy. <laughs> oh, girl, you, yeah. you did the creamy crack. The creamy crack. It was like judgment. you went to the dark side. It was judgment. Mm-hmm. We're done with the judgment. Okay, we're done with that. Anyways, last mm-hmm. question, y'all. What do you feel like would be some advice you would have for young Black girls who may be struggling to love themselves and to love their hair? What would y'all say to them? You're beautiful. You are beautiful. You are beautiful. I think now, like, little Black girls are, I think this is, like, the generation for them to, like, I think we went through the uh, and then yay we love ourselves and I think the young girls that are coming up now behind us are like yeah my hair is cute if I wear these braids if I wear these two space buns y'all remember we used to have a little space buns <laughs> like yes. all the styles now they are all the styles that we used to wear as a kid are coming back and I'm just like yes like just to see the love and expression of black hair is so beautiful so to tell a young girl like girl wear your hair any way that you love it any way that you love it because it's beautiful I love that what about you I would definitely I would say that too but I guess I'm thinking about like you know like what's you know sometimes I do and I could be wrong but I think about like what's age appropriate for certain hairstyles so like I don't know if I would let my 10 year old wear a weave but you know what I mean? Like I would want her to like really explore what her hair can do. I would encourage her to like, you know, explore what your hair can do. Cause like, I didn't start to explore what my hair could do until I was an adult. And, um, and it's like growing up, there was just this fear of doing that. Like I thought, Oh, it's too dense. And, you know, I didn't know. Cause my mom would, um, when she would comb my hair, she wouldn't like make sure it was damp or running like a wide tube comb through it, she would just take it dry and yank on through, you know? And um, I think like even the older generation didn't necessarily know like, you know, the best techniques to help us not think of the process of combing our hair as torture. But I would, I would just encourage her to like explore all the resources that are out there because there's so many resources now where, you know, for 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 little black girls who are trying to figure out and navigate what it is that their hair provides in terms of versatility and um so you know like just like how a lot of kids like to play in mommy's makeup you know like you know play play with your hair and and you know don't get gum stuck in it but (laughs) (laughs) but you know but like but just explore different looks. I would, I would, I would like encourage her to just really embrace autonomy in creating your own sense of style, you know, with hair and just learning how to like take ownership of it. Um, because once, cause, cause once you do that, it's like you like this, you develop pride in yourself and you're like, you know, I did this and this is the look I achieved today. Um, and just, I think it's awesome that like, 
once again, I said there's so many resources down, you know, from YouTube videos teaching girls how to do their hair or different hairstyles to like even books that, um, you know, little, you know, like little children's books that that tell little girls and little boys that, you know, that they're enough. Like the book you presented, Felicia, in the beginning, um, you know, or or look, yeah, yeah, hair love. And I think Lupita Nyong'o, uh, I think, I hope I pronounced her name correctly, but she wrote a children's story too about, yeah, well, it wasn't did. about hair. It was about, it was about skin complexion, but, but just like self-love books and introducing those kind of materials to, to little black girls and little black boys, because it'll help, you know, it, it, it helps like, there's only so much you can do as a parent, but if you can introduce them to as many resources from the outside world that are affirming, yes, Sulway. Yes, Sulway, I have all these wonderful things. Yeah, I think this is probably a good time to plug Felicia and her YouTube channel. She yeah. does, no, I think this is good though. Felicia has a YouTube channel where she does books reading books and especially in this black history month if you're a parent listening you have some black kids go ahead to teaching fabulously on youtube because fee has um a book every day right for black history yes, month yes yes a black a author book every day to celebrate our blackness and yes. sorry as christian was mentioning the books i'm like oh i got this book okay. <laughs> too so I think that's yeah. I think that's something else that we need as you mentioned Christine to have that black literature that yes. shows that like your black is beautiful yes yeah Sorry, and it wasn't cut you off <laughs> I don't know if you no it's okay yeah stuff. that your black is, your black is beautiful and yes mommy and daddy told you so and but it's not just mommy and daddy who told you so you know like there's a whole community out there who sees you and sees the beauty in you as well I love it so, so much. Yeah, I mean, I feel like my advice is along the same lines. I think it's funny, Fee, that you brought up the book, I Am Enough, because that's what I was going to say. Like, you are enough. You as who you are is enough. And um, that includes your hair. And I love the advice you gave, Chrisanne, about like exploring it, getting to know yourself. And that's it. Like, get to know yourself in a general sense, in all the ways, get to know who you are as a person and really appreciate and love yourself for that person because you are enough. You are unique. You're special. You are beautiful and your beauty, your worth and value is not in comparison with other people. It's not in context with whoever you're around. It has nothing to do with this other person you are enough as you are on your own by yourself that's what i want to say to the young black girls listening um yeah. and that's it guys thank you so so much for this conversation before we end we're going to go into what god has taught us recently so i'll let y'all take it away um i want to hop in uh you know for me I want to tie it back into, you know, earlier I mentioned what made me feel some type of way. And I think I'm, I talked about like the weight gain since the surgery, but I think what God has taught me is that it's okay to give myself grace and 
that, you know, and I'm still learning it, you know, it's, I'm still, I'm still in the process of learning, but it's like, okay, you know, it's just accept that, you know, you did the thing where you ate a bunch of junk and, you know, the consequences came, but it's not the end of the world. And if it's something that, you know, that I really don't like, then I can always go back, but there's no point in beating up myself. And especially for something that an event that I didn't have control over. And so, yeah, I, I coped with going through my recovery from the surgery with a bunch of junk eating. And now it's time to like self-heal. And that only starts from a place of, of love. And, um, you know, last night I did some meditations where I, it was kind of emotional for me because um, not only had I been eating a bunch of junk during this, during the recovery, but I also wasn't studying as much as I should have been. And, you know, I had to do kind of like a self-forgiveness practice where I said to myself, you know, I have to take responsibility, especially for my academic career and, um, and acknowledge that I haven't been as productive as I hoped I could be, but there's nothing that I can do about the past. And, you know, I wasn't as healthy as I could have been in terms of my diet, but that's something that is is now in the past and now it's like okay i'm going to accept that my body is at a certain stage and accept that my preparedness for school is at a certain stage because of what i've done or not done and i'm committing and i'm applying the self love to commit myself to doing the work whether the work is eating you know incorporating more vegetables into my diet and cutting the processed foods and like all the sugary snacks and stuff, or whether the work is like, okay, I'm going to commit to a solid four hour block of studying. And I'm going to take breaks if I need to take breaks, but to just, you know, like committing to like picking myself back up and not beating myself down because beating myself up just makes me want to avoid. And when you avoid you're just going down the spiral of kind of self-destruction. So definitely learning how to like, you know, I heard, I repeated that passage in the, I don't remember in the New Testament where it is, but it's like if a man falls um, nine or eight times, you know, he picks himself back up. And um, that's pretty much like, you know, what a good man is or like a saint or you know it's just or pretty much just indicating like that's part of life's journey like you can fall you can fall a million times but you have to get up that million and one time or first time so i'm i'm pretty much you know ground zero and 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 taking it breath by breath minute by minute and seeing how it goes. I love that for you, Chrisanne. What about you, Fee? So um, something that God has taught me um, is to trust him. So I'm in my graduate program, my master's program, and 
this semester itself has been sit back and watch God. Um, I'll tell you briefly, um, December for registration, I was not cleared financially for spring semester. I only have two classes left for my um, program. And I was like, Lord Jesus, I cannot wait another year to take these classes. I got the money in less than 24 hours. Praise. Uh, and it was, oh, the classes are filled. I can't take that class. And so it was like, okay, Lord, I got financially cleared, but now the classes are full. My professor sent him a message and he was like, yeah, we'll open another class. That was in less than 24 hours. Um, the tuition for this semester, um, my bill was 32 something, 30, I say 300, I mean, 3,200 something. My refund check was 3,400 something. Wow. Um, graduation is on a Saturday, which is Sabbath. And I was like, Lord Jesus, sorry, let me back up. My comprehensive exam that would complete my program was scheduled for a Saturday. And I said, mm -mm, I'm not taking my test on Saturday. I'm going to have to either take it the Friday before, but Lord, I know it's going to be a big fight to try to like not have to take the test on Saturday. Even on my professor, cool, no problem. You can take it Friday. We'll accommodate you. So then it was graduation. I got an email this week about graduation and graduation falls on Saturday. Oh, another fight for graduation. Um, is there any way that I tried to contact um, our prior HBCU, our undergrad to see, can I walk with them? They said, yes. I would just have to get permission from my current university to allow me to walk with my HBCU. Um, contact my university and they were like, oh yeah, well, we have a graduation on Friday before sunset and you wouldn't have to pay a guest graduate fee with your you know, other university. I said, God, like you are just telling me that you're gonna work out every little thing, every little detail that I could imagine God has worked it out. And so the lesson is to trust God and not to doubt him. So, I mean, that's been my, my lesson for these last two months of, or three months from December of just trusting God. And he's a God that's committed to keeping his promises. I love that so much. Amen. I think for me, um, I have been really, really struggling. Y'all know, I've just been struggling with a lot of things. And some days, some days I'm just angry. Like some days I'm really frustrated. And I don't know if Sometimes I don't even know if it's with God or what it is, but God has really been teaching me how to reframe the things that are going on in my life. Because what I've realized is God has allowed certain things to happen that I may not be happy with, but he's also in allowing certain things to happen, protecting me from worse things. And I think I've just been seeing so much how much God is protecting me 
from? What is protecting me from? How much he continues to protect me? And so I'm really learning how to reframe when things are not going right, when things are stressful, when things are not going the way that I want to. He's really teaching me how to look at it with a different perspective, you know? And it's been a humbling experience, I think, because I feel like I feel a little bit like I've been like Job, you know, where Job is out here just suffering and he's telling God and then God's like, OK, but were you there when I created the earth? And it's like, OK, I see what you're saying. I wasn't there. Like, I don't actually know. I can't see behind the scenes all the work. That you're putting in to protect me from things but I know that you are protecting me and that you are working even if I can't see it and so I think it's a little bit of trust too like you said fee and it's also like let's try to look at this from a different perspective and recognize that just because I feel like this is what's happening doesn't mean that this is actually what is happening and just because it feels like it's just the worst of the worst doesn't mean that it actually is um and so that's been a huge thing for me, something that I'm trying to still work on. Like you said, Chrisanne, it's not something that I've mastered yet. I'm working on it, but it's something that I want to actively work on, you know, just coming up on this new week and just overall in general. So that's it for me. So thank you guys so much for joining me. This was such a great conversation. I always love talking to y'all and even more when we can do it when it's recorded. Okay. <laughs> and um, yeah, thank you all so much for coming on. Thanks for having us. This was awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys. Until next time. Bye. Bye guys. Bye.